Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's Man of the Eights, it's already been canceled, but don't sleep on Thundercats Go. Welcome to Minute of the Apes, a daily podcast where we break down every minute of the Planet of the Apes movies, one minute at a time. I'm Todd. I've got Richard and Sean with me. It's Friday. Are we ready to tackle one last minute of recapping four films? Uh, I think we can get through it. I think we can get through it. I, I have third breakfast ahead of me, so yeah, we'll get through this. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get right to it today. Let's not waste a lot of time. Sean, tell us what we're going to see with minute five. All right, we start minute five with a voiceover orangutan saying the surface of the world was ravaged and ends with a figure on a horse riding a ridge in the distance. A ridge in the distance? That was almost poetic of you, Sean. Well, thank you. And let's take a listen. Minute five, battle for the Planet of the Apes. The surface of the world was ravaged by the vilest war in human history. The great cities of the world split asunder and were flattened. And out of one such city, our savior led a remnant of those who survived in search of greener pastures where ape and human might forever live in friendship according to divine will. His name was Caesar, and this is his story in those far off days. We have an orangutan, but I'm still not including the counts from the previous movies, and this guy doesn't get clouded until the next minute. Okay, so we get shots at the end of Conquest. Things are burning. Apes' fists are rising. Mm-hmm. We now that they know this is the story of Caesar, that's at least some new information. We're now told what we're going to see. What do we feel about what we're going to see? What do we think's going to happen? When you start thinking about it, that the sleepy-eyed uh, lawgiver has told us that we're about to see this this story. Well, I'm trying to figure out how far out we are from the last movie. So, you know, the last movie was in the 90s. Is this 10 years out? Is this 20 years out? I mean, I know 
we're not being scientifically accurate with how apes and everybody live, but you know, chimpanzees can live a long time. So, you know, I, I, I want to know what our time frame is here that we're looking at. The, the... <laughs> that was the most disinterested ramp up to a thought. The... All right. So the vilest of war in the world split asunder and were flattened. If anybody is thinking, if anybody's seeing the first four movies, they're probably thinking about the things that happened inside beneath the planet of the apes. And if there were actually a more appropriate cut to add or a clip to add, it would be that moment where we see decimated, you know, New York city or the, the sudden launch of a nuclear missile towards the end or something along those lines. It just gives, even though it's not the actual, the, you know, the actual first nuclear strike, it'd be nice to go ahead and set up this world with the fact that they're on the, the edge of, they're on the edge of just having a nuclear disaster yeah, and, or having had a nuclear war. We jump from apes fighting um, humans to a war that was completely and totally unseen uh, between humans and humans. And I don't know where the other apes are in the world. I don't know what's going on with them. I just know that we're going to a green hillside. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. the, 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 the setup that he's talking about is great, but I don't think it really fits in because if these are the future scrolls, from 2670 that are then read in 39 whatever he he's telling them then and this must be a lost scroll that caesar and the humans were trying to make peace and be at peace with one another right we get into the future and all humans are bad so this apparently is a the lost book of the lawgiver because that that wouldn't wouldn't have been in the future scrolls okay or it would have been or it would have been obstructed by well, I mean, yeah. would have been hidden I mean, by what's his name um yeah. uh from the first movie i, I don't know who you're talking <laughs> the about. one who oh, held um, the one who hold the scrolls oh, oh um dr zayas dr zayas he would have kept okay. this part hidden to keep people scared i i'm sorry well, and, the, the and, one who hung the scrolls I, I i couldn't get my head around that so sean i'm glad you were able to pull that together um, yeah, he would, have, he, would have not, kept it, he would have kept it hidden because he wanted to keep humans and apes true. in this court. And, right. and that would, and, and I know this was not part of this film and their thought process and that, but that would not be unprecedented because the Bible is a collection of books that are put together. But there is a lot that was, you know, decided by religious leaders hundreds and thousands, I mean, thousands of years ago, of what books we're going to include in there and what are apocryphal and what counts and what doesn't right. count. So, yeah, so, so the lawgiver could have written this original scroll, and it could have been, you know, banned or not included or taken out because it wouldn't yeah. fit the wouldn't fit the narrative of the first movie. Yeah, that's an interesting area that, you know, even with the new films and what they kind of lead us to believe and understand about the world of Planet of the Apes, Young Zaius might be an interesting thing that they could develop at some point when he starts yeah. taking and manipulating the world that we end up seeing in the first film. That that could be interesting. I wish they'd do that, but they just call it Doctor Z. We don't get that. Uh, we get our setup, and we—I do love that shot of the horse on that, you know, that hillside. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautifully constructed shot with, uh, with that kind of gloomy filter on it, and yeah, it's setting up something. It's just that my my thought immediately when I'm watching all this is. It seems even in that a little removed from what I think the film needs. I think it needs the urgency of seeing that rider 
writing to give information. And instead we get a passive doom do 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 and it's like, you know, there's no urgency again to this film. We've started off with a very lazy moment. Right, right. The the I don't know how you would have switched this around, but you you could have started with a with a person riding the horse across the pasture and then move to the lawgiver telling a story on top of what's happening. Um, I, I don't know. Just the, the clips were so we've got no action in the forest. When we move to the lawgiver, we have no action really of the man riding of the horse other than the fact that it's that we get these, you know, green areas. Uh, we have no sense of the destruction around us. We then just got clips that are supposed to get us excited about this movie. Is it, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a really weak start. It is, and I, I think it's probably pretty safe to say the weakest of them all. You know, we, we have other things at least with, uh, I you know, I, if I think back to the beginnings of each of these films, I, I start thinking of Escape. I think Escape has an incredibly strong start wow. with, you know, it's compelling. There's something out here, and we're going to, we have divers going into the water. There's a rocket out here, and yeah. And, and what is this? There's apes and astronauts. Right costume what how can that be well yeah. i mean is this is this the fault of uh thompson i mean is this kind of the i couldn't think of anything more dramatic to open these films on well i, I it's funny you say that because i was just about to say here we have a story element by dane but he's far too sick at this point to to write it himself and now tom yeah. the thompson's are in charge of this. And, and I do think that that it's a different approach. And I think that we feel that right away that we're not getting that, yeah, that yeah. presence of a, of a good, strong voice telling us a story. The, the, the idea of the lawgiver giving all of this, this big giant world, the gentleman on the horse coming forward is like, I'm in my sense. I'm like, okay, we're about to start a quest. Like that's what I wanted to see at this particular moment. Right. We're going to move. We're going to talk more about it next week. Who is exactly on this horse. But in this minute alone, I think, okay, it's the quest. Here comes the person on the horse that's about to you know, be told to go do something specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not having, having juxtaposed all those violent clips in the moments before. It just kind of d- d- really brings the, 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 the tone really drops back down. We jump back to this, this, these moments here. So I want to jump back Todd, in you, again. You ta- Real quick, Todd. You were, you're talking about Star Wars and you came in and you understood it right away. But Star Wars also did start with an opening crawl that gave you backstory. So this is their version of it, just really poorly done. Yeah, for sure. I, and I don't, I don't disagree with you, Sean. I don't disagree because at, all. at this point, this movie is so far. I mean, this franchise with having you know apes take over in the future, then people travel back to the past and make the apes that take over the future. It's kind of up its ass a little bit. So you kind of have to give a background, but they could have done it better. So I want to give the credit where credit is due, or if you want to, the way we're sounding, it may be that we're not trying to give any credit. But Paul Dane was very sick at this point and could not continue on with screenwriting. The the, the duties were handed off to John William Corrington. Why can't I say that today? And Joyce Hooper Corrington, husband-wife team. They are the couple that are responsible for actually one of my early l- films that I absolutely love, 1971's The Omega Man. Uh, okay. They also wrote the screenplay for Boxcar Bertha, which was an early Scorsese film. So they have a few skins on the wall, but they really, 
that's where again you start looking that the studios maybe went um hey they've done a couple of things and they've worked with charlton heston on the omega man let's bring them in because then you watch their their screen credits go on from there they wrote the the killer bees tv movie they were they worked on the tv series search for tomorrow texas capital general hospital one life to live so they're good writers and they worked for a very long time but I guess maybe when you're brought in, probably with very limited time to dig deep into this, you're also told Dane's notes and story structure are what we're going with. They don't have a lot of a chance to work on anything, but you do wish that they could have just given the story oomph right off the bat. Because you can mention Star Wars, and it has its crawl, but what does Star Wars do right away? Bomb, bomb, bomb. We're in the ashes. Ships over the Oh, yeah, then it gets right, right into it, yeah. And this, this one doesn't do that. It's five very minutes. lackadaisical. This takes five minutes to get into it, and then it doesn't get into it. Right. But, uh, yeah, real quick, Todd, I, I've known you most of my adult life. I don't think I've ever heard you use the term skin on the walls. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, did, first I know off, what you're saying, but I've never heard you use that term. I, I don't know that – I didn't know that you were keeping like a tab over there of the sayings I'd well, said. That, but. I can mark that one off now. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Todd's saying book. Done. Uh-huh. I've surprised Sean. I didn't think I could do it, but I've surprised him. <laughs> good night, everybody. Have a good time. It's, it's Friday. Hey, yeah, um, y'all, y'all <laughs> remember over. when uh, 20th Century Fox was a thing? Yeah. That, that This was the 20th Century Fox movie. That is true. And yeah. that is also why the three of us are going to be making – an apes podcast for the rest of our life because Disney has said they're going to continue they to ape movies. Keep it ape, going, ape, yeah. Ape movies, yeah. So, of the, the are they going to redo it? Or are they going to keep the current current they, franchise? They haven't forward? said, but I it to me it feels like they're saying they want to keep it going in the universe that they started. Yeah, the new universe. I'm gonna while we're talking, I'm gonna I'm on IMDb already. Um, they looking it up. They, they didn't they announce this at did they announce this this last little. D four whatever they're whatever it was called yeah, like, yeah weird, there's weird. so they they what I'm looking for is they signed a director on and unfortunately I can't find oh they it. did they were that far along they yeah they brought they brought a director on and I forget who it is now but they said they they are not committing to whether it is a continuation or expansion upon but they are actively developing I'm gonna I'll just do a Google search for who's actively developing look it up Todd look it up. Look at that. Uh, look at Not having seen the modern films, I think that the franchise itself is uh, uh, worthy of creating its own new series of franchise that they can mold in the way that they want. Uh, I think when you see the new movies, you will understand that is a valid opinion. Okay. Well, I found I mean, the, the There are so many things they could do. They. Uh, they can go in between the two, the three movies and tell stories there. They can go outside that. They can go sideways and tell stories that are happening in the movies. Yeah, there's plenty to be told there. Yeah, I, I found the article, but just skimming over, I'm not seeing the person. So I'll continue to look for this while we keep talking. But um, we have a whole other movie to figure this out too. Yeah. Oh, we do. Oh, but yeah, I, I, I want to <laughs> do all this research tell the story now. Um, we have a Marky Mark to work this out. So. Um, there's not a, there's not a whole well, we lot talk more. about lots of other things during that. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot more to cover as far as what these actual films. Oh, there it is. Wes Ball, who directed the Maze Runner trilogy, is now in uh, charge of this. Well, oh, 
And and I thought the maze runner okay, was a little so, sloppy, but I will say this: Barry Jenkins, who, if you don't know him, uh, directed both uh, Moonlight, which won Best Picture, and uh, if Bill Street could talk. And I love that filmmaker. He's a great friend of West Ball. They went to I want. I don't remember what sure school they went to. One and not La La Land. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, sure. But they were great friends, and he he was one of the the first people that came out and said, "I'm going to tell you right now, if you think anything other than that West Ball is an absolute genius, then trust me." He said, "I went to film school with him. This guy is amazing." So, I, I this is a director who's you know got there. You go, Sean skins on the wall, saying <laughs> something good. So I think we're probably in good hands with where this franchise can go from here. You know, the Maze Runner movies looked very good. I mean, they weren't the best story-wise, and that's not necessarily a director's fault. No, and they're, they're, you're basing it on uh, those established books, so you're absolutely right. What can they do with it, and how far can they take it? Yeah. Well, I don't know I think, that we have anywhere else to go with this, do we? Yeah, I think that's it. And anything about the speech you want to bring up about the ravaged by the violence war, the great cities of the world split asunder, flattened? Out of such was the city was our savior, and a remnant survived in the search of greener pastures where ape and human might live in friendship forever, according to divine will. I mean, anything in there that's relevant to, to the setup so far? No, because They're I think just you just trying said to it set all. him up as a religious figure. I, I, I think what you did right there is exactly what it is. It sets it, it, to Sean's point. It sets up what it is. It almost tells you where the story's going. This is one of those moments where the film all but telegraphs itself entirely. And because of what you know of the other films, you also know that this world's in peril no matter where they go. It, it's one of those things where it's not the destination, it's a journey. We, we know we're going to end up. How do we get there? Yeah. yeah. All right. I've got nothing else. Can we come back tomorrow for a in-between for, for our friends out there listening? Sure. I think we can pull one out. And because Let's I'm enjoying that. quizzing Richard... 18 minutes, I'm just going to tell you. Look at that. We killed it today. 18. Yeah. All right. For Richard and Sean, I'm Todd. We'll be back tomorrow with an in-between, which is going to feature a disgustingly interesting story that Richard has to tell us about what happened at his store when it yeah. comes to... An upsetting. An upsetting story. That's a good way of putting it. Do that person. Yeah. So we'll be back. We'll tell you about that tomorrow. Everyone, have a great day. Bye. Bye, everybody. The minute of the age 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 Yeah With the Lucky Land Slots You can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.